Today I am finishing up the precepts. I've spent the last few weeks going over them. Um, and I think you all know that precepts are the, uh, the Buddha's prescription, proscription for lay people to, um, for ethical behavior for lay people rather than monastics. Monastics have a whole bunch of, of precepts, rules. But lay people, there are five, and they are um, behaviors that allow us to live in harmony with everyone else in the world. And it's, um, it's a way to make it safe for others to be around us, to create a, uh, a safety for everyone. And I've, the first four are, the first one is not to intentionally kill, cause harm, and instead to cultivate kindness, compassion. The second is to um, not take what's not offered and instead to cultivate generosity. The third is to be wise with our sexuality. The fourth is to be uh, truthful um, in our speech, along with a lot of to be truthful and kind and loving and saying what we need to say at the right time. There's a, there's a lot to that one. And then the fifth one is... Uh, is a little bit different from the others. The first four are included in, in a certain way in the Eightfold Path, and um, the first three are included in wise action, um, which is part of the, the ethical behavior part of the Eightfold Path. And um, the third, excuse me, the fourth one around speech has its own factor in the Eightfold Path because it is so, it is so important. It's not just speech, it's communication. It's how we interact with the world. and. Um, I'm sure you all know how much harm can be caused, is being caused, how much harm I have caused by my speech and communication. And, um, but the fifth one is to um, not to take uh, drugs or alcohol which lead to heedlessness. That's not, that's not in the Eightfold Path, um, but it is incredibly important because if you ingest these things, these substances that lead to heedlessness, you can break all the other precepts. And that is, so they're like foundational. This, it's foundational. This is incredibly important. This is an incredibly important precept. And Gil Fronsdell has translated it as, the suttas as intoxicate, what is it? What is it? I under, the literal Translation is, I undertake the training precept to abstain from alcohol, liquor, or spirits that are a cause for heedlessness. Because when you're heedless, as I said, it's like you're not paying attention. It's the antithesis of mindfulness. Mindfulness is being present, being aware, awake. And if you ingest these things that lead to heedlessness, you're clueless. You have no idea what's going on. Uh, so it's incredibly important, and, and it, this intoxication clouds the mind and diminishes our ability to make wise choices. So clarity's out the window, wisdom's out the window, harm, causing harm is really, is very possible. It's very possible. Um, I mean, you can think about it, people, drunk drivers kill people. That's not in necessarily intentionally taking a life, but if you intentionally do something that cause, causes heedlessness, then 
somewhere along the way there's a there's a uh, there's a, a a ramification there's some some uh karma that may be uh attached to that because heedless when you're heedless it means you basically don't care what happens i don't care um my pleasure my um uh, what i want is more important than caring for others there's this sense of self that shows up it's like me 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 rather than this you know extinguishing of the sense of separation which is recognizing that oh we are all interconnected and how do we treat each other gently and with kindness and with love and with care i mean i pointing back to wise speech something as simple as harsh speech or sarcasm um insults that causes harm it may be something that we're very used to doing it may make us feel good it may make us feel important whatever but when we get to this place of caring about others so that we don't want to cause harm we're willing to let go of that and the same is true for in this precept if we are doing something that leads to harm but we are trying to live a life of non-harming then we have to reflect on um letting that go and this is supported by the second um the second factor of the eightfold path wise intention which is to move through the world with goodwill and friendliness and compassion and a practice of renunciation the practice of renunciation is recognizing that which causes harm or that which causes suffering and if this use of intoxicants causes suffering or harm then we want to make the effort to let go of that um there's a mental clarity that comes with renunciation whatever we're letting go of this um because we're not caught in craving we're not caught in this this um the causes of suffering that's what the buddha said craving and clinging and wanting what we don't have is are the causes of suffering and so if we can release those then we're on the way to freedom uh liberation and making it safe for others to be around us and then there's another part of this use of um intoxicating um intoxicants uh the addictive part of it and this is like this is the addiction of the the alcohol and the drugs but also it you can spread it out to the addiction of of whatever we're addicted to it is um a way for us not to be present with our experience it's a way to not have to feel what's unpleasant whether we're aware of it or not it can be drugs it can be alcohol it can be food it can be gambling it can be sex it can be any of those things that we become addicted to it's a way of not being present for reality and so to recognize that what we're doing is causing um delusion then we want to work towards um not doing what causes delusion um So that is very much the classic early Buddhist Theravadan um outlook on um this precept of just don't do it just don't do it but 
because there are so many different lineages and so many different schools, um, later interpretations of this precept are a little bit broader. And they say things like, well, actually, the use of drugs or alcohol is okay as long as it doesn't lead to heedlessness. So a glass of wine with dinner is fine. Um, so the, the, the use of it differs from school to school. I'm in the, I'm in the Theravadan school and, and really uh, 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 study um, the early texts. And so that's where, that's where my practice is. That's what resonates so much for me. But I know plenty of teachers who are not abstinent, who uh, are not necessarily setting out to get drunk, but they will uh, partic- partake in um, uh, some form of, of intoxicants. But like it's uh, many Mahayana schools and teachers maintain that it's the intoxication that violates the precept and not the drinking or the usage per se. In fact, there's a, um, there is a, 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 a resurgence in the use of hallucinogens. In fact, there's a Buddhist teacher who takes, uh, does retreats down in Costa Rica or Peru for and uses ayahuasca. In a very controlled environment, it's not just dropping acid and partying. It's um, in, held in this Buddhist spiritual container for particular um, um, uh, reasons. But it, it's, there's a lot of controversy inside of the Buddhist community about that. Does it break this precept? Does it not break this precept? Yeah, 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 and so on. Because um, most traditional Theravadan Buddhists find that all of those things fall into a, a violation of the fifth precept, but others do not. So that is, um, you know, like I said, I have friends who are teachers who who drink wine or whatever. So we have to um, find our own way with this. I mean, as I said, it's like, I'm not saying that's 100% wrong, that's 100% right. I'm in recovery, so it's easy for me. I just don't do anything. Fifth precept, okay, no problem. But others are not. And it's and that's what the thing about all of these precepts are, is you have to look at your experience, your world, your life, and make a decision to walk away, walk in the direction of non-harming and, and walk away from the suffering that is caused both to you and to others. And so to investigate this, um, maybe, you know, a glass of wine with dinner is harmless. Maybe that's not breaking this precept. What's the intention? See, so much is driven by intention, and I can't speak for really wise teachers who say, that's okay for me. We have to, we have to determine for ourselves. When I, when I, part, when I partake of, of, of drugs and alcohol, it's never very pretty. So it's a lot of harm being caused, so that's why it's easy for me to, to not do that. So, um, yeah, um, in this book, um, Introduction to Buddhist Ethics, um, the author has kind of gone through and culled a lot of the different interpretations, and he basically says that, um, what did he say, carefully drinking 
a small amount of alcohol with no desire for intoxication, there's no intention to become um, intoxicated, is not reprehensible. It's not awful. However, it's best to be avoided for what it may lead to. And we, everyone has to find their own way with it. Absolutely. It's if you drink, it doesn't mean you're going to hell. That's not how this stuff works. It's just like, okay, where, where's the harm for you? Where is the harm for you? And then, as I've also been doing over these um, last couple of weeks, is I've, I've brought Thich Nhat Hanh's um, um, embellishment or, or uh, interpretation. He's, he did what he called the five mindfulness trainings, which are based on the precepts. And so he elaborated, let me put it that way, he elaborated it and broadened it and kind of brought it into the 21st century um, to encompass a lot of what we're facing today because the Buddha was 2,600 years ago and a lot of the things we experience today were not around in his time. And so what I want to do, and a lot of, I guess, particularly Zen Buddhists understand this fifth precept to um, mean refraining from a lot of addictive or compulsive behaviors that intoxicates the mind, whatever intoxicates the mind. And it says, even Buddhist practice, when undertaken obsessively, can be an intoxicant. You know, that's the kind of type of spiritual bypass. I got to sit more retreats. I got to, I got to meditate more as a way to you know, separate yourself from the reality of the moment. So let me read what Thich Nhat Hanh has written about the fifth precept. And I really love this, and I refer to it a lot, because it's we can intoxicate our minds with so much more than just drugs and alcohol. And he says, he calls this nourishment and healing. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption I am committed to cultivating good health, both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I will practice looking deeply into how I consume the four kinds of nutriments, namely edible foods, sense impressions, volition, and consciousness. I am determined not to gamble or to use alcohol, drugs, or any other products which contain toxins, such as certain websites, electronic games, TV programs, films, magazines, books, and conversations. I will practice coming back to the present moment to be in touch with the refreshing, healing, and nourishing elements in me and around me, not letting regrets and sorrow drag me back into the past nor letting anxieties, fear, or craving pull me out of the present moment. I am determined not to try to cover up loneliness, anxiety, or other suffering by losing myself in consumption. I will contemplate interbeing and consume in a way that preserves peace, joy, and well-being in my body and consciousness and in the collective body and consciousness of my family, my society, and the earth. And I love that because the broadening, it's not just as the precept says, which is alcohol or spirits or drugs, but what else do we consume? You know, the social media, Twitter, you know, get on Twitter or get in some rabbit hole on social media. And, and that's heedlessness 
Um, I have a cat who's trying to jump where he shouldn't jump. Go away. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and so that can lead to heedlessness. All these things are, are, are devices um, can lead to heedlessness. Um, television, movies, video games, as he said, there's so many things that we can get caught up in these days that not they're not inherently bad in themselves. They're not inherently evil in themselves. It's our relationship to them. It's absolutely our relationship to them. Some people can go on Facebook, see what their friends and family are doing, get off, go about their business. Other people just get sucked into this. And, and, and the heedlessness, excuse me, the heedlessness can lead to um, unwise speech. We can say things that cause harm to others. When we're caught up in this, we can just lose track of so many different things when we're not paying attention. So we need to watch the consumption that causes harm. Again, the eating, the gambling, the all the different things. You, you can find, I'm sure, many ways in your own life that you have a tendency to, oh, this is how I kind of check out. And not saying that it's not, it's wrong like to just lay around and daydream and watch movies and take care of ourselves that way. You know, like I always say, eyes wide open. But when we're doing it um, and not being aware of it, that's what the difference is. You know, I'm just going to chill tonight and watch a movie. That's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like if we're just kind of walking around like zombies, that's what, that's when the heedlessness arises and we need to, uh, bring ourselves back and say, where am I causing harm? What's going on? How do I let this go? How do I practice this renunciation? And a lot of it is about seeing the suffering and making the effort to walk away from the unwholesome and walk towards the wholesome. So fifth precept, there's a lot to do in there. It's a, a really one of examining your own experience, examining your own uh, places where you're stuck, where you're caught, what causes harm in your life, what causes suffering in your life, what causes you to be just like totally checked out. So those are my thoughts on this. Thank you so, so much for your uh, kind attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.